You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Monday edition. We are going to run through a ton of action. It was a really fun Sunday of games, and it ended with uh, maybe the most fun going into overtime a couple times in a couple of these games as well. So a lot of fun. We'll try to get into as many games as possible at BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL. And I do want to remind everybody about the new relaunching of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Relaunches today, in fact, with brand new hosts, Eric Crocker, who brings the player scouting, and Ryan Tracy, who brings the analytics. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was tough. We only have, you know, we, we, we do this show every day, so it seems like we have so much time to cover everything we want, Matt, and it always turns out that we don't quite have enough time every day to get to everything, so I don't know if we should push the rest of the games back, and you should apologize to Raiders fans for the next 30 minutes, or do we want to give this Raiders-Steelers game the same amount of time as every other game we get? Yeah, I, I certainly was not right on that one. Um, the Raiders have been very impressive through two games. Give them all the credit in the world. They're better than I thought. The defense, I just wrote a 2,000-word article about this game. I just sent in a couple minutes ago. So, of course, it's really fresh on my mind. The defense, to me, stands out for the Raiders in that there's not a bunch of holes anymore. You know, like, they may not have stars galore on that side of the ball. I mean, they got some young players I'm excited about. But it used to be you could pick on five different guys on the field. Now I'm just seeing fewer holes. The offense... I thought Derek Carr was the best player on the field and deserves a lot more credit nationally than he gets. I mean, I thought he was really good last year. He was exceptional in this game. Um, Gruden has done a very good job of scheming things up. A lot of it's out of heavier personnel, ex, you know, extra tight ends, fullbacks on the field, that type of thing. And the Steelers obviously were extremely worried and game planned around Waller, you know, I mean, and Carr didn't care, you know, the Renfros and Drakes and Moreaus of the world, let alone a bomb to Henry Ruggs. It was a beautiful throw. That was the backbreaking play was more than enough to beat the Steelers. And I'm not making excuses for my team. Their offense has all sorts of problems, but they were, <laughs> this is just a fact they were without Stefan to Who's been on injured reserve. They were without Tyson Alalu. They were out. They were without Joe Hayden. T.J. Watt went out of this game. Um, and well, Tyson Tyson Alalu and T.J. Watt went out of this game. Bush and Hayden were inactive. Two, it was on uh, uh, injured reserve, and we'll be back soon. So they had five starters that really didn't play hardly any snaps on this defense, and they held up okay, but. They're so defensive reliant that the defense has to be perfect and create big plays for them to stick with, you know, average to good teams. And I give the Raiders a lot of credit. And on the Pittsburgh Steelers side, we don't have information yet. We're awaiting a lot of MRIs here on yeah. Monday morning, and we'll be able to get into some of the injuries deeper. But Deontay Johnson was hurt. It was on the last play of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, that's not sitting real well. I mean, they got hit so hard with injuries that they were down, uh, what was the final score? Whatever the final score was, they were down 26 to 17. Yep. And there's like eight seconds left on the clock, and they ran a play, and he got hurt on that play. You know, like uh, They weren't going to win. It was it was over. <laughs> right. I mean, probably should have just kneeled on it. You get away with it 99% of the time. 
but he may have blew out his ACL. I don't know. I mean, it was a knee and it didn't look good. So you lost him at the Oof. end too. You kind of you know, a little sugar on top. And he was the biggest performer in that game for the Steelers offense. Nine catches, 105 yards. He was targeted 12 times, well. well more than anybody else on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and uh, you know, we won't spend a ton of time on this one, but I have a little nugget here too that um, he's been he's gotten double digit targets now in 12 of his last 16 games in which he played at least 25% of the snaps. Cause there's a couple, he was, he only played one or two last year and was out, but if he plays, he gets double digit targets and they would be in bad shape without him to say the least. The offense is a disaster. Last note on the Steelers. How has Ben Roethlisberger looked over the course of two weeks? Pro football focus had him as the highest graded player on the Steelers offense. Really? I did not see their grades. Um, I, I guess I'll peek at them. He was better in week two than week one. I told you guys last week, I thought him and Matt Ryan really looked old to me in the first week and out of sync. But I guess some post-game comments are not settling real well, at least on paper, reading them. And I'll talk to some people today about, you know, but the the marriage between the new coordinator and the old quarterback doesn't Mm. seem to be going all that swimmingly right now. And the results are showing it. All right, well, that'll be a storyline to continue to follow. On the Raiders' side, I think you nailed it with the defense. Uh, defense a lot better than I thought they were going to be on paper. Fewer yeah. holes, uh, a lot of younger players playing a lot better across the board on the entire roster, including a couple of young receivers. Henry Ruggs making a big impact, which is why you drafted him so high, and he was the first receiver taken in 2020. 61-yard long touchdown, you know, five catches, 113 yards for him, and you need those plays. He doesn't have to be... Um, it's just, you know, every every other week or so, you need to get that big game from Ruggs where it's a backbreaker because he hits you with the big play. He doesn't have to be, you know, he doesn't have to be the highest targeted player on the team, even though he was tied with Renfro and Waller in this one for targets. But he's got to make some big plays occasionally to really help you win games like this. And Derek Carr's pushing the ball downfield. And he hasn't yeah, traditionally been that guy. And I think that's one of the big things in this offense, too. I mean, he chucked it 37 times. He's uh, 10.3 average. And he's getting the ball out of his hands and down the field. And so this Derek Carr, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far this year. So the Raiders certainly passing the tests and uh, playing much better than both of us gave them credit for coming into the year. Without question. I don't have a lot more to add to that. I thought Carr was the, the, the best player on the field. Gruden did a great job. You're right about Ruggs that if these teams really sell out against Waller like the Steelers did, um, the other guys have to beat you, you know, kind of like the Chiefs last night. I mean, the, the Ravens sold out against Tyreek and the others produced in a big way, you know, and that's what the Raiders got whenever everyone sold out against Wall. Yeah, and Ruggs is good enough. He should be able to beat those one-on-ones and have an advantage because of his speed on some plays. If you're going to yeah. stack yeah. the middle of the field and, and try to stop the run, try to stop Waller, there's going to be opportunities outside. And so it's up to Carr and Ruggs to make sure those are wins for their offense. Yeah, and... We could dispute, the, should they have taken Judy or Lamb over Ruggs? Probably because yeah. they're better. But that's what they were looking for. I mean, they tell you what they think. They play a lot of heavy personnel. They want to run the football. You know, they didn't have Jacobs. They had no running game whatsoever. But they want that take-the-top-off guy whenever everyone keys on Waller or the run game. So that's why they took him over the other two. That And that doesn't look so great now, but there's a reason behind it. Speaking of the draft, one of the biggest rookies this year to follow was the Chicago Bears and when Andy Dalton would hand things over to Justin Fields. And it might have happened by accident in week two as the Bears did 
beat the Bengals 20-17. to A late charge by the Bengals, but it wasn't enough. Andy Dalton actually looked really good in this game before he left. They had a feared ACL injury, but it's looking like right now it might be just a bone bruise. No ACL, no MCL, and we'll find out exactly what that is. So that's a good omen for this uh, this Bears team. If he's not lost for the season, you're forced to go with the rookie because clearly Nagy doesn't want to go with Justin Fields yet. And In fact, he was quoted after the game saying, when Andy Dalton's healthy, he's the starting quarterback, period. So he yeah. still believes that even after the game. But I will say, the the box score didn't look great for Fields as he played the entire six, uh, second half. He was 6 of 13 passing, an interception, a fumble that he recovered, some bad plays. The interception was bad, the fumble was bad. Uh, he does, does need to improve on his timing in the offense there. But he made some dime throws that were dropped as well. There should have been a touchdown pass to Allen Robinson. It was a great throw. Darnell Mooney dropped a pass, a pass that a lot of people just flat out can't make. So when I went back and watched it this morning because I didn't catch it live, when you go back to see it, it looked better than actually the box score tells the story. And now he has maybe a couple weeks of Dalton's out to win that job and prove he is ready. And I have a feeling that's what's going to happen still, but Nagy says no. So we'll find out. Yeah, I, I don't understand the coach speak of saying no. I, I think you'd just say, we'll see how Andy's doing. And Justin, we're, we're all kind of excitement about Justin Fields and uh, yeah. he's got a great opportunity and we'll take it from there. You know I mean? That's how you should handle it. I, I think we all hope the same thing. I mean, I don't know much to add to that situation in that, I, I'm not hoping Andy Dalton's injured. <laughs> I'm just hoping that they say Fields take it and run with it, and I hope he runs with it, and they just have no choice but to go, but to stick with the guy. Uh, this was a pretty evenly played game, from what I saw. Um, you mentioned Mooney; he really st- stood out in a positive way. Um, Roquan Smith had a, a pick six, which probably was the difference in this game. Pretty evenly played. Burrow threw three picks and. I'm sure we'll get to some of the other games, but a couple of these young quarterbacks didn't have their finest days on Sunday. Um, you know, a couple of Bengals notes too. It's entirely Joe Mixon's backfield. I mean, he led the the uh, NFL in touches last week. Nobody else got a carry for Cincinnati this week. And the Chase Higgins-Boyd thing seems to be working out pretty well, that they're spreading, they're all getting theirs in a reasonable manner. They're not vulturing from one another chase looks perfectly fine obviously yes. from the preseason concerns yeah that was that was big another long touchdown to jamar chase higgins with a late touchdown there wasn't quite enough the three interceptions from burrow and i do want to say the chicago bears defense is going to be good enough for them to win some games if things yeah. calm down yeah. at quarterback not huge on the offensive line right now for chicago but defensively they're playing pretty well uh corners was one of the things that people were worried about coming into the year but uh, speaking of pff grades jalen johnson the second year cornerback's the highest graded corner right now in the nfl over pass uh really? over the course of the first two weeks okay he was very good as a rookie too i mean he yes. was one of the only rookie corners that had i would say a successful rookie season so uh interesting and you're right i, I meant to say that too that the bears d is better than I've been given credit for. And it's, pro- it's, it's a top half of the league defense without question. Um, I'm not sure if it's a coincidence or not, but the two teams that I've been the hardest on, uh, contrary to popular opinion, have been the Raiders and Bears. I'm not sure if you started with those two that won by accident or not. I think it might show my ass the whole podcast. I definitely started with the Raiders on purpose. The Bears just it no was, it was fresh in my mind because I just watched <laughs> – 
Justin Fields uh, snaps. And, uh, yeah, some mistakes, but there's so much talent there. And the, the way he can run the ball is just such a, oh, a, a high floor for him because he played about as bad as you would expect it, that he would play in that game. And it was not a problem really, <laughs> you know, so just the, the turnover is really what you, you can't have, but um, I'm excited for it. And if it's all Justin Fields, the next two weeks say, and that's looking like about what it might be for Andy Dalton. I mean, he's going to, it's going to be a lot like the, the Justin Herbert situation was last year. I have a feeling with the chargers. I'm hoping I'm hoping. All right, let's move it along. We've got a bunch of games to get to. We'll get to as many as we can today, and we'll finish the rest up tomorrow. All right, NFL fans, there's an app out there that everybody needs to know about, especially those of you who get gas, which is probably most of you, especially those driving to and from work every day, listening to their favorite podcasts. And our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's $0.50 cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card. Super easy. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that bonus of up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. 49ers-Eagles, I apologize. It turns out we weren't sure Friday if we had done the 49ers-Eagles preview, and it turns out we had, so we did that twice. So we'll keep this one short. There's not a lot to get to in this game because not a lot of action in this game. There was one huge swing, and, and I'll paint the picture this way. Um, both lines of scrimmage are good. It was good on good, both offensive lines versus defensive lines in this game, and both teams created some problems for the opposite team. That's why it was low scoring. If you took the under, that was a great bet. 17-11, 49ers. There was a huge play, though, and Nick Sirianni's going to get some heat for this one. Quez Watkins uh, picking on the rookie corner for the 49ers. He had a 91-yard reception, but Joukowsky Tart tracked him down just before he got into the end zone. Four down territory for the Eagles. The 49ers stopped them on fourth down, got the ball back, went 97 yards, and scored a touchdown right before the half and then stayed up good in that game. And that was the difference. So uh, that that was a huge swing. That was the game, very end of the first half. Sirianni went for it on fourth down. I like the aggressiveness, but when it doesn't work, then the Niners go back 97 yards the other way. Uh, that looks very bad on them, and that was the difference in this ballgame. Okay. Okay. I mean, obviously you were way more tuned into this one than I was. It was like, I don't know, well after three o'clock Eastern yesterday. And my son's like, I don't think I've seen one clip of Niners Eagles on red zone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there's that game was, was not much happening from a fantasy perspective or a scoring perspective. I mean, my big takeaways from afar are first of all, your Niners are 2-0 and and haven't had their home opener yet. So that's mm -hmm. phenomenal to get those two in the books against, you know, a better team than we expected in the preseason. I'm sure everyone just thought, oh, they'll roll the Lions and Eagles. Well, the Eagles look like a tough game, and it was. Um, no, you know, We talked about a lot of rookie and young quarterbacks so far. No Lance, you know, so I'm interested about that. And I would be remiss if I don't ask you fantasy questions. 
Ayuk is playing, but what's going on? It's certainly Debo is the featured guy, and there wasn't a lot of passing pie to go around. Sure looks like, as you predicted, Mitchell is the starter. <laughs> and then my guy, Trey Sermon, gets one carry, fumbles, and gets a concussion. It was. Uh, I feel really bad for Trey <laughs> Sermon nice because yeah, I just I, yeah. just circumstances and and having a second rookie that kind of edged him out at the end of camp, and so he's been on the back burner for the 49ers, Gets in the game, had a really nice eight yard run. Uh, he got hit in the head with a forearm, and then the second guy comes in and hits him because he was kind of airborne, hits him in the crown of the helmet and bent his head back weird. Then he hit his head on the ground, so he hit his head like three times on the same play. Mm-hmm and then left the game. And so a rough start to his rookie season, and it's definitely Elijah Mitchell. He had a little bit of a shoulder injury in this game, but then came back. So he came back on the field, so that's a good omen. And um, his backup now, Jermichael Hasty, got hurt with an ankle injury, I think, and might not play next week. So now it's for sure Elijah Mitchell's backfield, and the 49ers didn't care. They were only averaging about 2.5 yards per carry, but they kept pounding it. They wanted to keep their defense off the field, and Kyle Shanahan thought he could win that sort of a game, and it turns out he was right in a 17-11 to victory. They just kept pounding away, and uh, they never really even broke it open late. You thought they might finally wear him down. They never did, so uh, props to the Eagles' front. It's for real. I think they have a, a pretty high floor this year because they're good on both lines, and uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, below 50% passing in this game. The 49ers' safeties did a really good job helping out their, their backup corners in this game, Josh Norman getting his first start. So the 49ers are going to be okay. It looks like on the defensive side of the ball, even though they're missing both their starting cornerbacks because their line is good and they've got Fred Warner and they had some good safety play. So that was sort of the story in this game. And Ayuk is definitely someone to maybe try to trade for in your fantasy league, but I'm not starting him right now. He's definitely um, on my bench and he did start the game. He did have the second most snaps at wide receiver, but two targets, uh, he did go back to the bench right away on the first drive after he quote-unquote started the game. So Trent Sherfield's working in a lot, Muhammad Sanu working in a lot. Second-year receiver, Juwan Jennings got his first reception and first touchdown of his career in this game and actually uh, statistically has played better in six, I think, six snaps or something like that than, than Brandon Ayuk has. So, um, yeah, Ayuk on the back burner, Sermon on the back burner. Uh, right now it's the Debo and Elijah Mitchell show on offense, just like everybody predicted. No, absolutely. And Debo's a really good player. Don't yeah, he is. He's good. He's legit. Yeah. Last fantasy note, I don't think people can trust Dallas Goddard anymore. Zach Ertz isn't going away. I mean, this was a low-scoring game for fantasy, but can people trust George Kittle? I mean, it's a little... Yeah, you know, that was one of our takeaways after the game. Well, they need to force-feed George Kittle more than they have. It's been force-feeding Debo Samuel the first couple of weeks. Uh, I think George Kittle will start to get more of his, but very interesting that that he has not... I think he was helping out a little bit in the blocking game because he's such a good blocker, and, and the 49ers, sure. especially early, their first three drives were just ruined by uh, Javon Hargrave and, and that Eagles front, and they sort of got the short passing game going a little bit later in the game. But, um, yeah, that's that's a curious one. It's been clearly Debo above all else, Ayuk and George Kittle included in that passing game. And, and Garoppolo wasn't great in this game, and they still didn't put Trey Lance on the field one time in goal line situations or anything. So curious. Um, yeah. Uh, it sounds like some of these uh, – it sounds like at least Nagy and, and Shanahan are sticking their guns with their veteran quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, my last note here is Brandon Graham lost for the year, um, getting up in age a little bit, but he's really had a good career and never gets mentioned as one of the, you know, top 20 type edge player. I mean, so that's a loss for them. I mean, they, they don't have a lot of depth too. A game I don't think we have to go too deep into here was the Browns. It was my survivor pick this week. They did defeat the Texans 31 
21. Uh, Baker Mayfield is not playing quite to the level I had hoped he was going to be this year. He's on some of my fantasy teams. And um, Nick Chubb, 11 carries, 95 yards. Kareem Hunt, the two-headed backfield there. Uh, Brandon Cook's doing his thing. 14 more targets. I mean, he's a boon for your fantasy football teams if you have him. I believe I do have Brandon Cooks in our uh, in our uh, Peacock and Williamson league, so I'm loving that. Uh, it's only 78 yards on those 14 targets, but he is the passing game for the Houston Texans right now. And it, when when the tech like it was a nice story, the Texans beating the Jaguars in Week One, but they just don't have enough firepower to beat a, a good team like the Browns. You're right, and I'm glad you mentioned Cooks. He's a really good player, and I think he'll produce like this all year long. Um, the Browns were once again without their top receiver, Odell. I think that's hurt them over the last two weeks. And then Landry left this game reasonably early as well. So we'll see what their pass catchers are like. You know, they've been really spreading the ball around like crazy the the first two weeks of the season. And it's worked, but it's not ideal. Um, Last little nugget, though, is this game was competitive again. You know, Houston was tied at 14 going into halftime. And then Tyrod Taylor went out of the game and Davis Mills came in and looked like he had no clue what he was doing, as you would expect. But the Texans with Taylor aren't to be taken super no. lightly. Yeah, he was 10 of 11 passing. Yeah. I, I think he might have had the best passer rating of the week for anybody with at least 10 passing attempts. So 144.3 rating for him, nearly perfect rating um, on the day for Tyrod Taylor. So, yeah, the, the Tyrod Taylor-led Houston Texans are not to be taken lightly. I think that's at least one takeaway from that team this year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a big takeaway considering what we expected from that team this year, right? Absolutely. All right, so the Browns skate through. They are 1-1. One and one. The Texans are 1-1. One and one. We'll get to some more of the early Sunday games next. Folks, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. Uh, It's called Direct Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, whatever you want, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and the mess and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. There are always interesting new flavors at Built.com. I love when I get a package of Built Bars because they're delicious. They are high in protein. They are low in calorie. They are low in sugar, and they're a perfect snack on the go. If you skip breakfast, which I do often, just grab a Built Bar when you're walking out the door. Need to fuel a workout. Double chocolate, coconut, coconut, almond. I'm always surprised by it, but there's a lot of coconut lovers out there. So if you're one of them, apparently the coconut flavor is the way to go for you. But yeah, I always lean toward the peanut butter brownie, which is only 180 calories, 19 grams of protein in that one, and only 5 grams of sugar. Raspberry Built Bar, only 130 calories with 17 grams of protein and only 4 grams of sugar. Go find your favorite flavor of Built Bars at Built.com. And get 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
The Rams narrowly held on to beat the hard-charging Indianapolis Colts. It was Jacob Eason that would replace Carson Wentz in this football game. Uh, to me, the big story of, of this game was Cooper Cup just going crazy. 163 yards, nine catches, two touchdowns. Uh, he has been a true wide receiver one and, and killing it for people's fantasy football teams. And on the other side, Michael Pittman was the guy that we thought he was going to be in week one. And I actually benched him in a league because uh, I was thinking, oh, man, maybe this Colts team's going to be a disaster and Michael Pittman won't be the guy. But no, 12 targets, eight catches, 123 yards. So that's the usage I expected from Michael Pittman in the Colts offense this year. So that's my biggest takeaway in this game was that the Rams Barely hung on to one they had to win this one 2-0. And, oh, and uh, big production from two stud wide receivers in Cooper Cup and Michael Pittman. Yeah, exactly. And I, I benched Pittman for Antonio Brown. That didn't work out. But this is highly encouraging. I still want my bench guys to do well. So I'm yay Pittman. You know, that was nice. I think this is a, a big st- uh, step in the right direction for this passing game. Although Wentz is injured yet again. You know, I mean, this guy, his whole career has been just littered with injuries. And I think a lot of them are on him and just the way he plays and holds the ball. Um, Cup is certainly worth noting. He seemed like he was open the entire day, you know, basically. I mean, he, he, and um, you know, Stafford played quite well. Henderson was injured in this one as well. So Sony Michelle kind of took the duties over. There's a fantasy nugget to keep an eye on. Michelle was hardly used at all in week one. But you're right. Give the Colts some credit. I mean, they did not lay down and die. They were losing – and I thought the Rams were going to run away with this thing. And the Colts hung around there pretty well. Um, also didn't realize until I had the game on that Eric Fisher played this game at left tackle. I thought he wasn't coming back till like Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was sort of some, a story that wasn't talked about much during the week. It was like, oh, here's a surprise. Uh, Eric Fisher's back earlier than expected. And he's back and he played. So yeah, that's pretty right. amazing. Um, Daryl Henderson, yeah, and it was clear that Daryl Henderson was a, a true one, and Sony Mitchell was a clear, clear two in the offense. And Daryl Henderson didn't get it in the end zone before he left this game, but now that opens the door for Sony Michelle. And so we'll see uh, how that backfield looks and how long, if at all, Daryl Henderson is out because he's another one. I have not seen any clarification on what that injury is for him long term, but uh, that would be rough for the Rams, obviously, to lose another running back. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to mention at the beginning of the show is we're not avoiding the injuries. We're just taping this at noon on Monday, and there seemed like there was a million of them, and they all seemed fantasy-relevant, and there's just a lot of MRIs and things like that going on as we speak. So I'm betting tomorrow and certainly Wednesday we'll have a lot more injury news and reactions. Um, As for these two teams, I mean, the Colts are 0-2, but I don't feel like they're buried in this division. I mean – it's a bad, bad division. If the Colts go on a run in the second half of the season, if they can actually keep Wentz healthy and out of the infirmary, I mean, they, they might be okay when it's all said and done. And I look at the Rams and think, this team could win the Super Bowl. I mean, this is a really good football team. Really good football team, yeah. And they could sort of cruise to wins in games like this, even when they get challenged late. And I think that's one of the takeaways here. And the Stafford-led Rams are a problem. By the way, it's a rib injury for Henderson, and it's not going to be something big, even if it's you know bad news. It might be a couple-week thing. It doesn't look like something's going to hold him out for very long. So at least that's good okay. news for the, the Rams. But we'll find out more when they do all the MRIs and the imagings and the X-rays and the scans. For a lot of these players that were heard around the NFL, too many injuries. Um, one to the Dolphins 
young starting quarterback, quarterback Tua. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and this was just a straight up blowout, thirty-five to zero. Bills over the Dolphins, and the Bills coming back strong after a Week One defeat. So both these teams in the AFC East now one and one, and the so I've got a stat here for the Bills. This from our friend on the network and host of Locked On Bills, Joe Marino. So Miami in this game ran 70 offensive plays. The Bills recorded either a sack, a quarterback hit, a tackle for loss, a pass breakup, or a turnover on half of them. Wow. <laughs> wow. Th- oh, so not quite. 34 of 70. So one less than half of the offensive plays ran by Miami was a sack, a quarterback hit, a tackle for loss, a broken up pass, or a turnover. That, that's just straight up domination. Zero points and 216 total yards. Yeah, my take on this game was obviously it got out of hand quickly. I mean, it was 14-0 before you knew it, and they shut the Dolphins out and beat them bad. Really encouraging for the Bills back on getting on track to be a great team again, as we expected in the preseason. Um, My my couple takeaways were, though, two uh, two only played a a short amount of time, only threw four passes. I like Brissett, but... You know, the Bills' defense, to me, was really the story. The Bills' defense was awesome in this game, which reflects those numbers you mentioned, made a ton of plays. And I know they got out of hand, and so, you know, the the run-pass ratio gets skewed when you're up 35 to nothing. But it was basically 50-50 for the Bills, and, and that's never the case. And even early in the game, they were actually running the ball a little bit. So... I think they realized, you know, Josh Allen's awesome, but we can't just ask him to be Superman every week. Let's run the ball a little bit more. And I saw fewer three and four receiver sets too. Sort of a reset for the Bills. And you you feel really good about that team that a lot of people thought this could be a a Super Bowl team this year. After week one, I thought, oh, what's going on here? And yeah, okay, reset that. They're back to playing the kind of ball they want to play. Yeah, your boy Rousseau had two sacks. They had six total and... You know, you kind of know they're going to spread it around with their sack production as long as they're getting it. They got a lot of pressures last year, not sacks. So six sacks on the road, you got to like that. Here's the latest on Tua's injury just a bit ago from Tom Pelissero. Uh, He underwent underwent further tests on his ribs, and it's looking like it's bruised ribs. So it looked worse, him getting carted off the field. Uh, Mm -hmm. X-rays were negative, so it'll be more about pain tolerance and functionality moving forward. So that's a good sign for Tua, not a season ender or anything like that. Um, they'll probably have some sort of pain for him, pain medication for him to be able to play. Who knows? Maybe even this week, but maybe he'll sit out a week or two. I'm not sure how long that's going to be for Tua's ribs, but it's bruised ribs. Doesn't look like anything is broken in there. Yeah, so I mean, I guess that's promising, you know. Patriots. Another one in the AFC East that was thoroughly dominated start to finish. The New England Patriots also one and one now, defeating the Jets twenty-five to six. The big story here was the four interceptions thrown by yeah. rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. And those rookie quarterbacks, uh, they were all the rage in the preseason. Uh get a little bit more difficult in the regular <laughs> season, Matt. Yeah, the the first two I'm gonna say weren't terrible throws or really Wilson's fault. But then they were scrambling and losing, and he's forcing balls he shouldn't. And, you know, the the running game was okay, but not, you know, reliant. It was sort of in garbage time. Uh, Damian Harris was really good. Mac Jones was really efficient. Patriots D did a very nice job. Not a competitive game. And I really fear that this is where the Jets season is headed. You know, you just look at the names that in the stat sheet here, and it's, 
nobody's really a difference maker at this point, and you know, no Mackay Becton, and I, I just think it's a a rough rough hill they're climbing right now. Yeah, I don't think there's much more to add for me on that football game. Uh, another rookie quarterback having a rough go and, and five interceptions now in his first two games is Trevor Lawrence. He was 14 of 33 passing in this one, a 37.2 rating against that stout Denver Broncos defense, only 3.6 average, um, one touchdown, two interceptions, just uh, not getting much help either. Uh, no. Not doing much on the ground. In fact, he, he was the, the best rusher, I think, in that game. James Robinson hasn't been used a lot because they've been throwing from behind. Uh, just a rough go for this Jacksonville Jaguars team right now. Yeah, they sort of look lost. You know, I mean, young, over their head, however you want to describe it. Not a good football team. And, uh, you know, Teddy looks very comfortable and he's another one I owe a little bit of an apology to with the Bears and especially the Raiders I mean uh, I think he's fitting in doing exactly what they needed from the position for where that team is you know he's not Aaron Rodgers he's not Deshaun Watson but he makes them very competitive and Cortland Sutton had a kind of a breakout game that's great to see he's clearly over his injury that's big with Judy on the sideline for now but Denver's D was probably the best unit on the field and oh yeah you know confused and gave Lawrence and the whole offense all kinds of problems. Yep, another sack for Vaughn Miller in his return. Uh, yeah. Cortland, I will say Cortland Sutton doesn't quite look as quick. Like He doesn't look all the yeah, way back, but he looks back enough and making plays on the ball. He was targeted 12 times, and with Judy out, it was like, okay, here it's Cortland Sutton's time again, and he's back. And yeah, nine catches, 159 yards. Tim Patrick in there starting had... Um, a touchdown catch. KJ Hamler, though, was not a beneficiary of Judy being out. Only only three targets, one catch for five yards. So that was uh, maybe the biggest surprise of of it all with the receivers there. Most of those targets just went straight to Cortland Sutton. Yeah, and I think Noah Fant's role is going to grow a little bit too. But Albert O is a guy they really like. Like those are two pretty fast and talented tight yeah. ends. I mean, in in terms of being able to lose what I think was their number one receiver. This team's better equipped than most. And Javante Williams cutting into Melvin Melvin Gordon's time here. They had the exact same amount of carries, 13, uh, almost twice as many yards per carry for Javante Williams in this one. Melvin Gordon had the big, long touchdown run and had uh, looked very young with those legs, but in week two wasn't happening as much for Gordon, more so for Javante Williams. So that's sort of like that backfield to avoid where it's a committee and you can't really feel good about starting either guy <laughs> in your fantasy. Yeah, they both, like you said, they both had 13 carries. Gordon's production came on a long one last week. I wonder if they're in a dogfight against a, a team that's equal to them. Will they really show that Williams is the one they like better? I bet they do. Let's move on to... A quick one here with the Panthers and the Saints. Uh, I felt I feel a lot better about my prognostication skills after this one, Matt, because I like the Panthers this year, and they came out with a division opponent as uh, as home underdogs and said, "No, that ain't happening." Twenty six to seven, and the Sa- the Saints didn't score until the fourth quarter of this football game. So the two and O Panthers, look out! Yeah, uh, really impressive, Sam Darnold. Might be the answer. I mean, for the next 10 years, the answer. I'm not, I mean, it's two games. Let's not get crazy. But they're really limiting his mistakes. They're making his reads really well defined. He looks very comfortable. We know he's a natural playmaker. To me, DJ Moore is on the verge of stardom. I think he's a great player as well. But Christian McCaffrey, you just see him out there and be like, 
man, I mean, he is so important to this offense. I mean, I'm not breaking any news there. I mean, he's the first pick in every fantasy draft, but what he does in the receiving game and just the engine of the offense, people that tell me running backs don't matter sometimes don't make any sense to me because a guy like this versus a Mike Davis from a year ago would be night and day different. Um, really brutal day for the Saints who – did the same thing to the Packers a week ago. I mean, they're the Jekyll and Hyde team of the century through two weeks. But I think we need to realize they had like, I forget the number, like 11 of their coaches were on, were, had COVID and like they could not prepare in a proper manner at all. And, you know, they're still not, you know, at home yet. So uh, I'm not, I'm going to kind of give the Saints a pass on this one. I gave the Packers a little bit of a pass last week too. I think the the Panthers' defense is a big one, too, and yeah, there's a lot good. of young talent on that team, and that's why I was so bullish on the Panthers. If Sam Darnold could hold his head above water and, and be the guy they hoped they were getting when they traded for him, and it's looking like that is the case so far, the Panthers almost doubled the time of possession of the Saints because the Saints were down. I mentioned they didn't score until the fourth quarter, yet Jameis Winston was only 11 of 22 passing. Like There's yeah, only weird. one receiver had more than two receptions, and that was Alvin Kamara. Their leading receiver was little Jordan Humphrey, who had one 27-yard catch. I mean, they just had zero offensive production. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, you would think you're losing that bad. Winston threw the ball 40 times. And right. Th- threw a bunch of picks. He did throw two He did throw two picks. <laughs> but their receivers aren't very good. You know, I mean, we've known this. Um, there isn't a, a threat there at the wide receiver position, a guy that beats man coverage consistently like a Ma- Michael Thomas. And you're right, the, the Carolina D drafting J.C. Horn or they're playing a lot of man coverage. They got a, a lot of young pass rushers, Jeremy Chin and dudes like that in the middle of the field too. Things are really trending up for the Panthers. I mean, not just because they're 2-0. I mean, just the, where the, the whole direction the team is going. Yeah, so many great games we didn't get a chance to get to today. Tomorrow's part two of the week two review. We will get to wow, Monday night mouthful. football. Well, yeah, we're already out of time. We'll get to Sunday night football, uh, Vikings, Cardinals, Cowboys, Chargers, Seahawks, Titans. The Sunday nighter was awesome with the Ravens and Chiefs. I mean, so many really good tight games that we'll have to wait for tomorrow to get into. And I uh, can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then we'll be flipping the page to week three. And the season's off and running. It goes fast, Matt. Yeah, it sure does. Fast-paced. Um, I'm starting to kind of hit my stride of, man, I got this show in here and then this show. And then I talk to Peacock <laughs> at noon tomorrow and blah, blah, blah. You know, so it, it is fast and furious and it's hard to keep up. Mondays are hard for me. You know, just trying to get a grasp of everything that happened yesterday. And we there's so much more we need to talk about. And we'll let it spill into tomorrow, too. Uh, I can't wait to see if you double down later or triple down later in the week on on your Raiders picks because we've got multiple listeners. I can't even shout out how many people have been tweeting at me and you and tagging us on Twitter uh, about uh, about the Steelers losing to the Raiders. Jason in our fantasy football league. There is Trent here. He says, what has two W's and is in Pittsburgh, not M-Dub or the Steelers. Looking forward to the recaps. So uh, thanks to everybody out there who's paying attention and keeping score. I almost need the Raiders to go like two and fifteen now for me to say <laughs> Yeah, you, you definitely do. Fifteen game losing streak or something. Yeah. Hey, no, yeah, they look good. The you were not the only person lower on the Raiders than what they've looked like in the first two weeks. I'll say that. Right. No, that's true. But man, me included. I, I, fact that they overcame all the things they did, you know, just even pregame of you know all their injuries and you no know, 
an overtime game against Baltimore and on the you know, so I give them credit. Tough toughness. Raiders Rams Super Bowl. How about that? Is that what we're looking fun? at? You West Coasters would like it. Maybe a little. Maybe Raiders Bills AFC Championship. All right, we might have to revise our uh, our our postseason picks after yeah, week ch- two here. But yeah, we got more games the, to get the, into. The Chiefs look done. They're they're garbage. Yeah, so. Chiefs are. Yeah, come on. <laughs> one cool. One. We'll yeah, talk about five hundred's not going to do it, Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, more more about. I mean, that was what a way to end the Sunday was, uh, yeah. schedule of games with Chiefs and Ravens. We'll get into all that stuff tomorrow, right here, Peacock and Williamson.